What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I'm with a very, 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 very special guest, my friend Micah Johnson. How are you today, dude? Hey, what's going on, Brandon? Man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, I am honored to have you because you you were actually my instructor at IPR. Um, I When I was going to school, I remember meeting you. I was I was in the studio one day by myself working on some stuff, and you were sitting on the couch, and I had no idea who you were. And I walked out of the studio, and you're just you're just like, "Hey, man, what you working on?" And we just struck up a conversation. And I, I don't think I even knew that you were an instructor until like I walked into your class, maybe like some months later. I I can't remember how long after, but um, at IPR, you were one of my favorite instructors. I mean. Uh, I had you for, I think it was sound design for visual media. I mean, I know that that was my degree, but I can't remember exactly what class it was. Do you remember what class you were teaching? I think it was just, you know, the post sound design class. I forgot the technical name for it, but yeah, man, I actually remember, I remember meeting you on the couch that day. I mean, I obviously seen you around the campus quite a bit. So you were one of those familiar faces. I just knew like I had to get to know this guy. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, as I was taking your class, I mean, you, I mean, not only were you like sound design for visual media teacher, but you're also very well versed in the music industry. I mean, some of the stories that that you would tell us, I, yeah, like you worked with some of my my idols. I mean, so you, I, I know you got your start because you went to Full Sail in uh, Orlando. And then you got a job at the Hit Factory right after, right? Yeah, I actually did not even make it to my graduation. I had the job lined up um, before my graduation. I, I graduated. I just didn't get to walk, you know. So um, a lot of my close friends sent me, like, the video and stuff. But, yeah, man, I was I was kind of eager and anxious to, to kind of pay off my student loans and work at one of the, you know, the biggest recording studios in the world. So I was uh, I was really blessed to have that opportunity for sure. That's amazing. So, I mean, how did you even end up getting that gig then? Just did you intern first for a while? Yeah. So my story about behind that is, um, you know, I when I went to Full Sail, my history, I kind of started college late. You know, I, I was 26 years old, um, kind of hanging around the wrong people and uh, re really ready to make some changes in my life, have a career. Um, and so I was really inspired um, by just um, my passion for music and, and wanting to be around that um, in a day-to-day -day life and uh, make a career out of it. So um, I made a promise to myself I was going to take it really serious. So when I went to Full Sail, um, you know, I, I studied real hard. I graduated in the top 10% of my class. I think I only missed like one day of class. Uh, Full Sail is a little bit different than IPR. You know, you go to school 24 hours a day with little like two hour breaks here and there. So you might have a class at midnight that runs to eight in the morning, you know, grab some breakfast and go back for another class kind of thing. They cram two years into one year, but yeah, man, um, just, uh, hung around the right people. I made sure also that, uh, I made a promise myself to, to only be around people who, who are going to, um, be a good influence and lift me up and try to, um, really, um, you know, have love and support for me. So I, I, I made sure I made that happen. And uh, so with the with it coming around the corner of, of graduating, I knew I had to uh, somehow get familiar with some studios. And being in Orlando, I just thought, well, the closest, you know, big metropolis might be Miami. So about six months prior to me graduating, um, there was like a three day weekend. It was like Memorial Day or something like that. 
And um, I really had a piece of crap car, so I ended up renting a car. Um, and I called a bunch of studios beforehand and, and lined up a bunch of studio tours. And so I think I had maybe like eight tours set up for the three-day weekend. So I drove down there. Um, I kind of just uh, had the Hit Factory on the list. There's like a mastering studio. There's a bunch of other ones I can't even remember right now. But um, obviously seeing the Hit Factory, you kind of fall in love with it. And um, so, yeah, I just really had my eyes set on that. And then towards graduation, um, I lo and behold, I heard from the placement department that they had an opening. And so what I did, what I think pulled me above the rest was um, back then, you know, it was all about your resume looking really nice. It wasn't over email like you do today. But so I had like a really nice paper, I had a folder, all, everything was color coordinated. And I FedExed signature delivered it. This is the this is my clutch key. And uh, the manager there at the hip factory was really impressed with that. So, cause he said, you know what, you know, if you're going to start here, you'll probably run into FedEx quite a bit. So at least you know how to get to FedEx and whatnot. So I think that was actually what got my leg in the door, man, was not only taking a tour, I kind of name dropped a little bit like, Hey, you know, I remember Barbie gave me the tour. She was like the secretary there or whatnot. And so um, name dropping her and, and just kind of making it felt like, oh, he's already been to the studio. He knows it here. Look at him. He's got a good, you know, presentation. And uh, the whole FedEx signature thing, I think, kind of pulled me in above the rest. That's amazing. So uh, going even further back, how did you really, like, get your start in music? Like, what made you want to go to Full Sail even? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Just a love for music, honestly. I mean, I was really naive when it came to production. Um <laughs> I think my first DAW, man, was like this MTV game on the PlayStation. Oh, wow. And so I just, I, I learned how to like build loops and things like that. But, um, man, I was a club kid. I was out at the clubs every night for like three years, just loving electronic music and um, just knew that, um, you know, I had to be involved with music somehow, man. Just my whole life growing up, you know, listening to records, seeing where it was recorded and things like that. But I was pretty naive. I didn't really understand i did i did know that when i went to full sale i wasn't i didn't go there to be like you know a producer i mean most of my classmates were all like wanting to be producers i just wanted to be an engineer i wanted to to record i knew i could i you know i, I love computers and i love music so i was hoping that that would kind of like get me a, a, a some opportunity in that direction so i know when, once you got to hit factory um, and you started like actually working there. I mean, you you said you were like working side by side with Scott Storch for a while, right? Like as his engineer. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when I started at the Hit Factory, um, you know, they've got it's a it's a level of like you've got assistants, but then the assistants each have general assistants, and that's what you come in at, and it's basically a glorified runner. So. Um, you know, you come in and you have to run a lot. You have to go get people's lunches. You have to take orders. You have to drop off masters at people's hotels room or FedEx or, um, you know, just running around trying to get Missy Elliott a heater in the middle of summer in Miami. I mean, that wasn't fun, but, um, <laughs> working on Christmas day and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just, um, started the ground, you know, ground zero and, kind of worked my way up. Um, Scott Storch was definitely one of the guys there um, who kind of took me under his wing and um, 
yeah, just he just really wanted me to be uh, kind of around. Um, and, and I do him, you know, lots of personal favors. And um, he just was just, man, just kind of crazy kind of seeing that level of talent. So, um, yeah, man, he was really cool to me. I, I didn't get to really engineer a ton for him. But um, I really got to see him work and, and see his work ethic and see how things were uh, connected and what he was using and things like that and see his whole process. That was that was really neat. I worked with him for a solid like six, eight months straight around him. I should say he was around the studio. That's amazing. Um, and with your uh, your beat club hoodie, I'm I, I, I'm guessing you got to meet Timberland as well. Yeah, man, Timberland was there twenty four seven. Him and Missy, he was mainly in Studio E, banging out beats, and Missy was in a different studio. And um, yeah, they they kind of like it, it's kind of crazy how often every day they would be there. You know, you think with with all that money spent in the studio, might as well build your own. But that's that's the I think the the class of the studio, man. It's world class. I don't think you can necessarily build that at home. And um, the amount of hits that come out of there, I mean, you're just, you know, there's like uh, six or seven rooms there. And each room is filled, you know, each day with somebody, you know, really talented. So it's a special place for sure. But yeah, man, working around Timberland was amazing. And just seeing like uh, his talent level. And, you know, I remember one night, I think he banged out like it's I think it was like 20 something beats one night. So. You just stockpiling beats and stuff. It was pretty cool. Once I heard that, I, I was just like floored because Timbaland is like my my goat producer. I mean, like I've been I've been obsessed with his stuff. I mean, since I heard Pony. I mean, like I was like eleven when Pony came out, and I just remember hearing that beat and just being like, "What is this?" And then even like I remember like going to like Skateland, like our local uh, roller rink, and and hearing like Aaliyah one in a million and like then finding out that like once he came out with the Timbaland and Magoo stuff and once Missy dropped and uh, all that stuff, then I was like, Oh, he did all this stuff too. And I was just like at 13 or 14, just started to become obsessed with Timbaland. And he was like one of the, the earlier guys that, that I wanted to be like, and I it got me into production. Cause I remember I would, I would get, you know, all of like Missy or, you know, Timbo or, all those people, all their albums, and I would open up and read the liner notes and see, you know, see who produced it, who engineered it, and all that stuff. And so that was that was what got my interest in production. So as soon as I heard you did that, I was like, oh damn, that's on a whole other level, man. Yeah, um, Timberland, obviously one of my favorite producers as well, and uh, just so talented. Just to be around that creative energy uh, each and every night, man, it's 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 a special thing to kind of witness. And uh, yeah, man, I was kind of there around their, their, I think they're like, you know, their prime, you know, see, with the records that they were producing. I think they produced three records there, albums, you know, so uh, 2002, 2003, 2004, they were kind of there at the studio every single day. I was only there a year, but um, yeah, it was really cool to witness. That's amazing. So then after that, you... You ended up working at uh, Capitol Records, right? And that's where you worked right before IPR. Yeah, so I kind of, um, I kind of was, I wasn't really having a good time in in Miami. Um, the studio there, um, obviously working around that amount of talent and everything, um, was amazing, but um, really cutthroat environment and um, wasn't really moving up as quite fast as I wanted to. Um, I got robbed by gunpoint by somebody, um, kind of butting heads with some couple cats at the studio. And, um, so I, 
had a buddy of mine out in California who I went to full sale with, Mike. And um, he offered me, he said, hey, man, why don't you come out here to L.A. and I'll, you know, you can crash on my couch until you find a job and um, then we can work things out from there. But um, so that's what I did, man. I kind of just I came up to my boss at the Hit Factory and I was like, hey, man, I kind of need to move up the ranks here. I, I, I got to kind of move on. And and he totally understood. And it was kind of a hard decision, man. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of uh, just uh, sold everything in a garage sale, had 200 bucks in my pocket, had no idea what I was getting myself into, didn't have a job lined up or anything. But, you know, young and um, not a lot, a whole lot of responsibility other than paying off a student loan and just really hungry for uh, a career and thinking and, and knowing, you know, having the hit factory on my resume, I, f- I felt like I could kind of puff my chest up a little bit with that. But yeah, man, I moved across country. And um, I think it was like within two weeks, I put my resume out to Capital, And the guy who called me said that the reason why he called me out of all the resumes is that I put on there that I made a mean margarita. Cause, um, I used to bartend before I went to uh, full sale, but, um, so he, he liked that and, uh, brought me in and, and yeah, man, I worked at Capitol for just uh, a little over six months. And, uh, that was, that was an amazing experience working in that building. I actually worked in the mastering department as well as the studios, but, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was really cool to work in that building every day and, and around those people. And Paula, the manager there was a sweetheart and, um, yeah, that was a good time. I've seen little uh, documentaries. I mean, they have like, like crazy, like, uh, like reverb chambers, like underground at Capitol, don't they? Isn't that a thing there? They do. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's pretty special that um, Universal Audio was invited to build a plugin based on those. And it sounds great. Oh, that's awesome. It was kind of funny because I went from the hit factory where everything is like polished and cleaned. And I mean... I mean, each and every night, you know, the cleaning crew comes in there and makes the place look spotless every day. Going to Capitol where it's just like old and dirty and it was just like it was a really like a head turn. But um, the history there, man, with that, that the Capitol and the microphones there, you know, it's like a microphone locker. You know, they tell me to go get a microphone. I go in there and like there's Frank Sinatra's microphone and there's, you know, it's pretty cool. That's insane. That's so dope. Um, so then I, I know that you, you ended up moving up to the Midwest. I mean, you, you live in Wisconsin now, uh, because that's where your wife's family's from, right? Yeah. So really quick, I'll go back. You know, I, I started with music and then, um, after working at Capitol, uh, working the late shift, I think I made like 12 bucks an hour and, um, doing a lot of sessions set up my, my roommate, Mike, who I told you kind of inspired me to move out there. Um, he had been working at a um, post place in Santa Monica, making really good money, working nine to five, having the weekends off, a couple blocks on the beach. And uh, that really appealed to me, man. So I made a move from music over to post, got a gig uh, two blocks from the ocean, got off every day at 2.30, riding my skateboard and surfing down at Venice every day. That was really cool, man. I did that for um, about three or four years. Moved on to a, a feature film stage where I, I mixed... Um, uh, America's Honey, Funniest Home Videos for a summer while a guy was on vacation. That was pretty cool. Went on to a soundstage where they mixed um, the original Star Wars, the Warner Brothers lot, which was really cool. And then I landed a, a place um, where I met my wife called Eargasm slash Atlantis Group. 
Uh, that was in Santa Monica as well. And they had a music room that was actually featured on the cover of Mix Magazine the month I went in for my interview. And uh, they also had a post room. So it was the perfect place. They had music and they had post. And we were just doing everything there for, I worked there for almost 10 years. And um, we worked on music projects, uh, worked on Emmy projects, Grammy projects there, um, hundreds of video game. Uh, it was just a real special place. But then, yeah, man, uh, my wife and I uh, made the decision to move out here to the Midwest after having uh, family. Um, we had our kids out in L.A. and um, felt like it was a good opportunity for us to sell our home and, and move out here and raise our kids uh, near her family. And that's when you started working at IPR. And then um, I know after that, you started working at uh, Sister Boss. Um, so uh, how, how, first of all, like, how do you like the Midwest so far? I mean, what, what's your, what's your, I mean, cause you're a Florida boy, right? Originally, right? Yeah. Originally Florida boy, um, beach boy, surfer boy, skate boy, and um, sunshine all day long moving out to California. It's real familiar cause it's yep. kind of similar, right? except the ocean's kind of cold, you know, so yep. I miss my, my Florida beaches for sure. But yeah, man, um, I actually really like the Midwest. Um, one of the things that really turned me on about living out here is just being able to get out on the lakes. I, I grew up in a place called Lakeland in Florida, and um, I spent a lot of my time growing up out on the water on the lake and fishing and having a good time with that. So that was a real a big plus. The summers are beautiful out here. People treat it with a lot of respect. Cost of living is great. Um, and then Sister Boss, yeah, man, um, a great company to work for. So they kind of really held me up here. So I like it, man. I don't mind the cold. It's the longevity that I mind. You know, it's it's the four-month, five-month winters that are pretty rough. But other than that, man, it's a great place. I can relate because I, I mean, I think we might have talked about this, but I, I'm a Cali boy originally when I was um, I was born in Santa Barbara and then my family moved here when I was nine. So, um, I mean, even though it's been 27 years now, I still the winters just still get me every time, man. It's it's hard to get used to. But like I said, man, it's, it's not necessarily cold. I mean, I don't you know, I don't mind putting a jacket on. I don't mind all that. And even the snowy roads and stuff like that, man, I kind of really have just and got used to that stuff and. Um, but yeah, man, just the longevity. I just wish, I wish we got snow in December and I wish we got spring in March. That would be perfect. Yep. I, I agree, man. Um, so galaxy 80, I mean, I see all of your dope vintage synths behind you. Uh, so I, I know that you're a synth head, um, and I love it because I, I'm all about, uh, the eighties and, um, 80s production and all that stuff so i mean did, did you start galaxy 80 just because of like your love for like 80s music so i had always kind of fiddled around with production hip-hop stuff nothing too serious just like you know coming up with a little beat here and there i did a couple projects with some vocalists just just for fun but um it wasn't really until um stranger things came out that i really just fell in love with that sound and that really propelled and inspired the whole thing, you know, and I bought one synth and then it became kind of a rabbit hole, you know, I need another one, I need another one, I need another one. And I just needed a creative outlet, I think, in my life. So that's what really what Galaxy 80 does for me. It's it's an outlet for me and it's a brand that I get to kind of cater to when I, when I have time for it. I love it. I love all the music that I've heard so far. I mean, stuff is... Stuff is really amazing. So out of all the synths behind you, which one is your favorite? Oh, man, if I could just have one. 
Oh, that's a tough one. I want to say the Oberhan. Uh, I got an OB6 here. So that's a good one. And then I also have a Prophet. Those two are my, I think, my favorites. Yeah. That's dope. I, I would love to get my hands on some of those because I've kind of been studying uh, like 80s synths and getting into it. I mean, I have like, I, you know, anything that's like like 80s analog 80s synth like one shots or whatever, I, I, I buy it. So I have just like like gigs of just one shots from all like a lot of those synthesizers. So I'm, I'm super into it. I've been experimenting a lot myself with with uh, like synth wave pop type stuff. Cool, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend if you want to kind of dabble into some of that vintage stuff, the Ar- Arturia has a nice bundle out there. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of the vintage stuff that's pretty pretty spot on. That's awesome. Uh, so you just recently put out a song called uh, Flight with uh, System 96. Um, yeah. Do you get like inspired from like real life things or do you just like fool around? I mean, like talk about the the vibe. Like what, what inspires you to, to want to create? Yeah, man. Um, actually, just other people's work. When I hear something, you know, that's really inspiring, I'll just go through these phases where, you know, I'm really glued and stuck on an artist's work. So I'll listen to them or somebody very similar to them every day for months at a time until I'm kind of sick of it. But I, I just get inspired that way. So, um, yeah, the whole System 96 um, uh, little song we did here recently was that he actually is from Atlanta. His name's Blake. And um, there's a synthwave community out here called Nitrowave TC. And um, they're throwing shows, uh, live shows here that I've, I've done a couple. But they invited me to DJ. And um, I got to meet Blake, System 96. And I got to see him perform, man. I, I'd listened to a lot of his records, and I liked him a lot. He's, he's, he's a younger guy. He's in his 20s. And, um, that's, it's kind of funny that he was actually born in 96. That's why he's system 96. So, um, on the old fart, but, uh, a lot of his, his, um, production is very fresh, you know, it's not super retro, but he's attached to that retro community, but, um, he's making some dope stuff. Anyways, I got to see his live performance, man. I was like really blown away It's one of those nights where, the next day, you're still kind of buzzing, like, wow, man, that was some really good music I got to hear last night kind of thing. So um, I think the next couple of days, I got in the studio, kind of started something and reached out to him and said, hey, do you want to collaborate on something? And here's what I've started. And he took it and just took it to the next level. Yeah, man, he's super talented. I really like his work. I wanted to talk to you, too, because it seems like like from what I, I was talking to you about, a lot of like the gigs that you got have we're based on the fact that you're just a cool dude. I mean, like you, like you said, like, like the, some of the stuff you put on your resume or just like, you know, saying little things. I mean, so how much would you say that just being a good, cool person has helped out your career? Yeah, man, that's a good point. I appreciate that. Um, I, I'd, I'd say it has to do with my attitude, man. Um, so, you know, being a father, you realize you can't really teach somebody to have a good attitude. You know, either you have one or you don't. And, um, I think that's something I've always kind of had and, um, I'm not, I've never been the smartest kid, you know, I've never really been the straight A kid, but, um, I've always had a good attitude and, um, I think that's really got me pretty far in my career, which I'm celebrating 20 years next, next year is my 20 year anniversary. I'm pretty excited about that. That is crazy. That is so dope. Um, so what kind of advice would you, uh, give to kids that are trying to get their start in, uh, engineering and production? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's so many tools out there and I and I love seeing what the 
what the younger guys are doing. I mean, they just pick up on this stuff so much quicker. I mean, even my generation, you know, we grew up on computers and whatnot, but these, these, these kids that are growing up now, these young men that are growing up now and, and young women, they're exposed to so many more tools out there readily at their, at their will. So they just pick up on this stuff pretty quickly. Um, you know, I always used to tell my students though, I mean, my path to success was what we just kind of went over, man, is just really a drive, a good attitude, and just being willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, if you got to get an internship somewhere, if you got to learn from somebody, but just don't get, um, don't get yourself in a situation where you're being abused. Um, you're being kind of taken, you know, for granted or advantage of, um, don't get yourself in a situation like that. It should be a trade-off. Like you're, you're getting some sort of knowledge, some sort of experience, something you put on your resume if you have to do an internship. But, um, and also, man, um, you know, if you've got, if this is something you really want to do and, um, you're not living in a community that has a lot of opportunity, then I would recommend, um, you know, moving and, and, and taking your shot at a big, you know, metropolis like Los Angeles, New York, or, or whatnot. There's more opportunity out there. There's more studios out there. Um, but with COVID now, um, these past couple of years, man, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's starting to evolve where people are even more people now are actually, you know, getting professional work done at home. So it's going to be interesting to see what the next five years brings in this, in this world, in this community. Yeah. You brought up a good point. Um, and that's something that I've, I've thought about too. Um, cause ever since COVID hit, I mean, like I was, I was doing the record label thing for, you know, between like 2015 and then just last year, um, I kind of stopped the record label thing, but my my freelance business actually boomed. I mean, I was getting tons of uh, like podcast editing work and commercial uh, work, and and I really just started actually like full on freelancing like la the last couple of years since COVID. I mean, so it's it's opened up a whole new lane for me personally. So I can only imagine you know what it's going to be like in the future if things kind of continue the way that they are and. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, where things end up in the next five years, because I feel like a lot of different opportunities are going to be created that weren't around. And you just actually um, kind of brought up a good point, man. As far as like a lot of people freelancing, some advice I would give to uh, maybe some younger guys starting out is make sure you get yourself an LLC. You know, anything that you buy for your studio, whether it's just software or speakers or whatever it is you know this is going to be a career that you're going to be you know you're going to continue to spend money and, and buy your tools that you need and that stuff is really great to write off on your taxes man you can you can really save a lot and it, and it gives you an opportunity to kind of spend money on on stuff maybe you wouldn't normally spend it on and be able to write that stuff off so that's a good point man that's an, another maybe key advice for somebody is make sure you get yourself an llc and and start writing stuff off that you buy. I'm glad that you brought that up because I haven't even said that on this podcast yet. Um, and that, I mean, that's something that I feel like people don't really talk about as much as much as they should. Because, I mean, yeah, like you said, write-offs kind of save your ass sometimes. I mean, they really they really help out when you're first starting, you know, um, with tax stuff, for sure. And what I've noticed is it's about 20 to 30%. So, you know, if you, you look at something that you're wanting to buy, you know, just keep in mind, like, hey, you're going to get 20 30% at the end of the year back on that. So yeah, it can help out a lot, but yeah, I mean, it always helps me out, man. I mean, I'm constantly buying toys for my studio and, um, and you know, it's like, I, 
I, I, I actually, not only do I work at sister boss, but I also do a lot of freelance work as well. So that for those freelance jobs that I do for audio artists, I'm able to kind of like balance it off with the income versus what I spend on my gear and stuff like that. So it really works out and it's very helpful for sure. So like, how has uh, the pandemic been for you? I mean, what, what has, what are pros, what are cons? Has it changed anything in your life? Yeah. So I was kind of ready to go. I mean, when this all went down, um, you know, obviously it kind of took everybody by surprise. Um, it's funny because one of the guys I was working with, Dan Kramer, he had just went to like the pediatrician or something. The doctor, this was like in, um, gosh, man, this November or something before it all went down. He's like, man, there's something going on over in China. We're going to have to really be careful of. And I was just like, it doesn't sound right. I, I you know, I've never heard or witnessed anything like that before. And then it all just happened and so quickly. And so my boss kind of came up with a game plan like, hey, you know, is anybody able to work from home? And I had already had my, my studio set up. So I was, you know, it was just like, yeah, I'm ready today. I can I can stay home and start working from home today. And so, you know, most of our clients and um, voiceover talent that I record, um, they're, you know, getting them set up in their studios at home and being able to record them through the Internet now using uh, some software called Source Connect. Um, it's all been pretty seamless. Um, I've been able to save money on, you know, parking in downtown Minneapolis. I've been saving um, an hour and a half of my day commuting, gas money, traveling, wear and tear, uh, sitting in my car every day. So it's just it, for me, it's been a, it's been a blessing. I mean, I, I really enjoy working in my my own home studio. That's like the dream for me. It's actually why I went to Full Sail. One of the reasons is this guy that um some friends of mine record a hip hop album in this guy's home studio. And I remember going there thinking, man, this is, this is the dream. I'd love to be able to have my own recording studio at my house. So it's, it's been a lot of blessings in a lot of ways I've noticed for, for some people. Yeah. And I mean, even some of our big clients that work downtown, like target, um, you know, a lot of those guys are now going into like a hybrid system where they're going to be working from home as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a drag that I won't be in the room with, you know, full of clients and, you know, having lunch and, you know, getting to socialize that way. But um, there's a lot of benefits for, for someone like me who's got a pretty busy household with four kids and keeping up with the chores around the house is a little bit, you know, easier to maintain. If, you know, if I've got an hour between, you know, recordings, I can go up and do the dishes or, you know, rake the leaves and just kind of do stuff like that. So that's, that's also kind of a win-win. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I really appreciate you coming out tonight. Um, do you have any last words to give the people before I leave you tonight? Oh man, just, you know, find something you love. If you love it, man, just pursue it every single day, live the best life you can try to work on yourself, try to work on, um, you know, be a better person, uh, like your nice guy, nice minds. Um, yeah, man, just uh, be the best you can be and um, try to just keep gaining knowledge and knowledge and, and, and just getting obsessed with something you're really interested in. If it's music, engineering, um, just surround yourself in it every single day. Well, dude, I mean, not only thank you for for this podcast, but thank you for being such an inspiration and uh, for everything that I've learned from you over the years and um, just for being a solid dude. Oh, thanks, Brad. I feel the same way about you, man. Thank you. Special, for sure.
Thank you, man. I really appreciate you. Have a great night. You too, buddy.